Playoffs? 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 It is the Scars and Spikes podcast. Sydney Tyler with you. Tommy is on his way. He'll be, he'll be joining us shortly here. Coming in on hot. a day where we are still celebrating. Tyler, Atlanta United making the playoffs. Yeah, playoffs <laughs> for the, the first time since twenty twenty one. For the first time since twenty twenty one, Atlanta United are in the playoffs. Feels good. Feels good to say, feels good to talk about, and yeah, don't doubt Atlanta. That's right. <laughs> I, it's, it's fun, man. I'm, I don't know, man. It, it's it was such a fun win, right? Like it really felt just awesome to watch that kind of high flying attack in football and cathartic. I think it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it felt like a little bit of a throwback. Sunny, appreciate the shout out, man. Um, always. But, but yeah, yes. man, still riding that, that high, and now they get some rest, right? Like, we get to enjoy other football between now and the next Atlanta United game. Yeah, so Atlanta United don't play until October 4th, uh, which is when they travel to take out the Philadelphia Union. Um, by the way, shout out to everyone that's watching live here on a Wednesday night. Shout out to those listening later on at a later time. Really appreciate it. Uh, we say all the time, if you listen, if you have a chance Wednesday night, Tune us in at 7 p.m. Um, next week, uh, we'll be on probably Tuesday night at 7 p.m. due to the matchup Wednesday. But, yeah, always enjoy coming on live with you guys. Always enjoy chatting with you on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Um, no match to talk about upcoming for Lady United. We'll leave that until Tuesday. But, again, Lady United in the playoffs. So, we'll talk about that. Kind of give a quick look back. Final wrap-up on the win over Montreal. Um, we'll talk about, yeah, really, how this, how far this team can go. Um, we'll talk about Yakimakis, can he win the Golden Boot? Almada, can he win MVP? Really take a look at these new signings, um, Unsung Heroes. And, yeah, we'll look forward to, you know, all of the good stuff coming up in the postseason. Um, but a little bit of a disclaimer, there's soccer going on Wednesday night. Uh, by the time you listen to this on Thursday morning, um, the U.S. Open Cup will have been played. Campionas Cup will have been played. So, Messi, as the as of the recording of this podcast, as Tommy joins us, will play like thirty minutes or something like that. So, we'll see. We'll see. My bad. <laughs> Did you? Forget? Tommy is late. <laughs> We forgive you, Tommy. No, you know, dumb things that you think about when you're a kid. And now that I'm three minutes late, random thing. So the Chicago Cubs, as a kid, they always used to play games in the afternoon, right? That was one thing. So I thought nobody in Chicago had jobs. I didn't think people worked (laughs) in Chicago when I was a kid. And the game started at 7 or like, what 303 or 1203 so i always thought they were like three minutes behind us when i was a kid because they didn't have lights i'm here on chicago time so i'm good (laughs) 
you guys or, remember or, or um, like MLS kickoff time? Yeah, right. You guys, exactly. <laughs> you guys, no, I mean, you guys, um, you remember back in the day, Turner time. I mean, we are a land based podcast, so we got to shout out TBS, yeah. but they had what's called Turner time, and all their shows started out like 05, 35, because Ted Turner wanted people to tune in at that time to take away views from other channels because everyone else was starting their shows at zero and 30 to Turner went to be different. So you know what was so irritating that. about that? What? You would look at the, the, the TV guide channel or go through like direct TV on the guide and you would have everything all neatly lined up and then there'd be freaking yeah. <laughs> a little block off TBS. the side. And it's like, you jerks, y'all ruined everything and you're making my <laughs> anyway, that's that's old school TBS. Now it starts like at normal times. But yes, Tommy, welcome. Playoffs. Make it. Playoffs. Playoffs. In the words in the words of Jim Mora, not the former Falcons coach, but his father, also a former NFL coach. Um, but yes, playoffs. The X How are you guys next feeling? to our name? Our, our ex yes. next to it. My buddy, his, I got my friends into Atlanta United, and they joined like when the team got bad. Oh, and like they were like, "Oh, you had so much fun early on in your fanhood," and then we joined, and it's been miserable. So they sent me the 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 screenshot of MLS app and said, "What does the X mean? I, I don't understand. <laughs> what does that mean?" And I just biggest letters possible playoffs. <laughs> it means we're fun again. <laughs> I know. Or in the words of Mike Conte, we're so back. We're so bad. Which, <laughs> which is, I mean, I get it, but somewhat debatable. But we'll we'll ride with it. I, I mean, mean, we're backer than we've been back before. Right. <laughs> we're fun. Anyway. Back in the playoffs. Yeah. Like the yeah. games have been fun, right? Miami, a ton of fun. Uh, you know, the, was it the Dallas? Who we have right after that? No, who was it? Oh, we play in the DC, middle up in DC. DC, not DC, so not much fun. So fun, yeah. Twenty minutes fun, and then the rest you could, you know, go take oh, yeah. a nap. And then we were back to full blown fun. They they just didn't think we could handle like that much, so they just gave us twenty minutes after the great game, and they were like, "Just take a break, calm down." But we're gonna get crazy when we get home again. They just wanted to crunch the playoffs at home. That's all it was. Gotta pace ourselves exactly, exactly. <laughs> the that's the plan all along, Tyler. Just to clinch it at always, home, always. Um. Scarsandspikes.com, by the way, our website, if you guys want to check us out there, has a link to our store, uh, if you want to buy some stickers and stuff like that, um, patreon.com slash Spikes. if you want to support us, seven-day free trial to unlock all the great stuff we have on there, as well as um, our Discord channel, um, only patrons have access to that, so yeah, patreon.com slash Spikes. $1.17 seventeen tier. $5 tier, $10 tier, again, seven days free. So whenever we drop new content, we'll um, you'll get it for free for the first seven days, and then you know that fee will kick in. So try it out for a week, see how you like it, and then move on from there. We're probably Ooh. doing a mailbag. Yes, what you got? Sorry, just real quick. Today's the perfect day to sign up for Patreon because one Why? week from today, if you're signing seven days, seven days, gosh, that's like a good infomercial here. But today, if you sign up today, in seven days, we are doing a watch-along for the Philadelphia game. And that'll be included in it. So you can come hang out with us on Patreon and watch the game. That'll be, we should clarify, that'll be a patrons-only watch-along. Yes. Patrons-only watch-along. So yep. 
Yeah, another reason to uh, join. We'll also be doing a mailbag, hopefully, you know, with some of our patrons' questions. So looking forward to that just to tie people over um, until the next match. So, yeah, lots of ways to get connected to Scars and Spikes. Also got a shout-out, and we don't do this enough, our friends at Five Stripe Final, Joe Patrick, Sam Jones, um, our sister podcast. Yeah. Um, go check them out, too. Or brother podcast. Yeah, or brother podcast. Our sibling podcast, whatever sibling you Sibling like. podcast, yes. You see like call them like the creepy uncle-like podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was siblings because, I mean, well, Joe's about our age. I mean, no, Joe's younger than us. Um, Sam's definitely younger than us, so yeah. Sibling podcast. Relational podcast. No, that sounds wrong. Sounds like a yeah, yeah, no, not, podcast. Not, not <laughs> no. That one, no. Sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> I like where you're uh, going. Yeah, yeah. But we're going. We but, took no, a long turn somewhere back in Albuquerque. Yeah. No, no, but they're great. They're great. Um, so check them out, please, and let them know we sent you. Um, how are you guys feeling about playoffs? By the way, let's start with that. Well, we're gonna get um, into like how far you think we'll go, but like as we as we stand right now, how do you guys feel? I think this team, big asterisk next to this, this team has the ability to beat any team in this league. It might be one of the most chaotic, like heart attack inducing games you'll see because it's going to be a shootout. It's not going to be one of those one nil type of games because this team can't, can't seem to keep a clean sheet. Right. Um, But you're going to get goals, I think usually, and look, a win's a win. So I think they can go and they can they can especially if they get matched up really favorably uh, and they can get that home field advantage at the end of the day. That's the biggest thing. You get that top four spot, make that home field advantage. This team could could go all the way, um, but we'll see. It's it's not going to be easy. They just they've got to take this little bit of rest and somehow figure out a way to just solidify that defense just a little bit to keep some clean sheets here and there. But, uh kind of change things right right before the playoffs uh and it worked right like we, we came something different can atlanta united add anything into their arsenal of of how they play to confuse teams and still score goals if you could do that sure like the the east is, is has so much talent right i mean like you go look over in the west it's one team like if you get to mls cup there's really one team that could really host it and that's st louis and all the other teams most of the top teams in the east would be hosting mls cup you got to win on the road you're going to have to win on the road at some point that is something that is so important we keep saying that we're hoping it happens and it really hasn't happened much that's why this philadelphia game coming up in a week i think is you know really important decision day could be weird no matter what ends up happening depending on how the standings are so this is your legit last possibly throw it all out there, win a big game against Philly. But yeah, they, they could go. I, I think that th- this team is fun enough. Um, I, I feel better about this team than our last playoff team, right? That snuck into the playoffs a, a few years yeah. ago. Like Not you knew far. they were, they were just coming together at that point. Our Ruju was just coming in. You didn't know what that was. You got a bad draw that you were in. You were going to New York I think this team can win a best of three 
And then you find out that the playoff formats three weekends, basically, I think like three weeks, you have time for rest. The only thing that worries me about the playoffs at all, looking at the schedule is that after the best of three, if you get past it, there's an international break. And there's going to be a lot of our players probably going on international break that aren't getting rest while some other teams might be getting more rest. It's the only thing that could worry me about the playoffs. So um, if the playoffs were to begin right now, uh, this weekend I should say, Atlanta would play Philadelphia. So Philadelphia would would host the first match. Atlanta would host the second match. And if necessary, Philadelphia will host the third match. So the good thing about that is, the good thing about the first, excuse me, the first round is if you draw, if you get a result at the very least, it goes straight to penalties. There's no extra time. So that takes a little bit of the sting out of uh, drawing on the road. And on top of that, I mean, it's essentially even Steven from there. Um, you don't really need a lot of tactics for penalties. I mean, you need to select the right players all right. Uh, there needs to be some nerve involved. Just and put it on um, frame, please. Yeah, just put it on frame. <laughs> no, but um, you guys get what I'm saying. Like, you know, just keep your nerve and choose your best players and hit the ball. Hope it goes in, essentially. Um, so I, I'm simplifying it, oversimplifying it. But, yeah, if you draw, I mean, you get, give yourself at least half a chance to win. You don't want to draw. I mean, you don't want to draw, obviously, because – it takes a little bit of the momentum out, but it'd be better if they just outright won after 90 minutes on the road because after the first round, it's just knockout football from there. There's no second chances. You lose, you're out. And, Tommy, you said it. The way the standings are set up right now, it's a very good chance that an Eastern Conference team, like you were saying, um, hosts MLS Cup. The highest point team or the team with the most points in the west is st louis with 53 lefc have 45 you look at the east every all the way down from one through six yeah one through six all those teams have more than lefc right now so if st louis is upset in the not yeah the first round not the first round but like the quarterfinals i think if they're upset then it stands a good chance that East team will host MLS Cup. So you have that going for you too. So, yeah, long story short, I mean, yeah, you, you have to win on the road. But Atlanta United can really help itself with a win against Philadelphia on Wednesday, next Wednesday. That way you come back home against Columbus and then – you get a result. You beat you beat Columbus. I mean, you're still in really good shape, and then you get a result in Cincinnati, who may have won the Shield by the time you get there. And who knows? I mean, you could be playing with house money at that point. Not to put things too ahead of us right now, but I mean, you you have to beat Philly next Wednesday. No, it's it's answer or buts about it. If you don't, pretty much kiss a top four spot goodbye. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you're looking at the the standings right now. There's a lot of football to be watched tonight, right? We have we're, we have our watch along. We're about to go do for the Open Cup just to have some fun. Watch, who knows, Messi, maybe play for a half an hour. We'll see. Um, 
but it's a neutral match for us, right? We get to make fun of everybody. And then you get the Campeones Cup. But for Atlanta, you know, we've we've we always look at that number of other teams that have games in hand. This is where it's all, Tommy, you mentioned it a lot, but this is where everything's coming up. Um, all of it's kind of evening back out. Philly's playing tonight. You want them to lose tonight against Dallas. And then they are playing again Wednesday against Columbus. You want to draw. Saturday. Sorry, I keep thinking today's Saturday. Um, but yeah, on the weekend, you want them to draw that match because those are the two that are directly ahead of you. If if that happens and you beat Philly next Wednesday, then you are, depending on what Orlando does, you're second or third. Ooh. So, I mean, again, this is that scoreboard watching time of the year. This is We, we told you all that this is what we were going to be doing. We're going to be bre- trying to break it down for you guys. But if you're an Atlanta fan, you want Philly to suck tonight and then you want philly and columbus to both suck equally on saturday <laughs> and then of course no they'll draw yeah let atlanta do their thing nil nil draw yeah keep that goal differential <laughs> philly's so. gonna be tired yeah like they're they're absolutely gonna be tired and we're gonna be rested and that's this team has done a pretty good job uh, of taking advantage of that right like they were able to uh what was the nashville when they came back nashville played a ton of games um, because they were still going with League's Cup. Then they had to play their regular season. We we were rested. We took advantage of that. Almost took advantage of Cincinnati at home. Didn't work out, but hey, it's not you can't be perfect. But So yeah, I I'm like gone are the days of like I hope everybody has fun. I want people right. to get Molly whopped. And I need people coming in tired legs, you know. Um but yeah, I mean this is the, this is crunch time, and I had another point, and I might interrupt one of y'all in a minute when I remember it again. I can't think of what it was, but it was a yeah. good thing. Oh, I know what it was. Real quick. Sorry, Sydney. I knew I told you I was going to cut you off. <laughs> Go for it. After Philly, uh, the last time, Brooks Lennon was in the locker room and told us that was the match where they had so much time to prepare. Mm-hmm. That was the one where, I mean, they dominated Philly in that match. It was 2-0. It was at home. I get it was at home. But like that was a that was a good match, and that was when Atlanta was really struggling, right? And he said that they put so much time, so much effort into really, really preparing for that game and watching tons of film. He said he said, and I put it in my article uh, that I'd always do after these matches. We watched more film than we've ever done before in prepping for that game. Well, you've got essentially three and a half extra days yeah. to get ready for this one. So yeah. I know it's a way. It's never easy, but. You can do it. You can do it. So we'll see. So I asked. Um, so I was asking you guys, how far do you think Atlanta United will get? So I'll kind of break down what the playoff picture looks like. Um, and, and I already talked about it. If they start it like right this second, like right as we're talking right now, um, they'll take out Philadelphia um, in the best of three. Again, Philly host, Atlanta host, Philly host if necessary. If they win that. They'll take out either Cincinnati or or Montreal or the winner of that Montreal New England one off match in the wild card, the game the playing game, if you will. Um probably had your best against gosh, I don't know, Montreal because they don't lose at home a whole lot. Um but then whoever wins that one plays Cincinnati. I mean, we'll probably pencil Cincinnati in, I feel like, for the next round after that. So you have 
theoretically an Atlanta Cincinnati semifinal at TQL, which Tommy, you might be at um, if it gets to that point. Oof. Um, I, I got so many yeah. options if they make it. Yeah. Like, I could, be, exactly. I could be driving two hours to Columbus, or I could be going to Cincinnati again. Yeah. Uh, just got my tickets. And just real quick, Sydney, uh, you know, Brian asked, the last game uh, we have Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is going to rest their team since they're ahead in points. I, yeah, we talked about that. I mean, you disagree. You don't think that mm-hmm. will happen. No, there's an international break right, right before decision day. So if Cincinnati rests all their players – for that game, they're essentially going to have almost a three weeks off or two and a half weeks off, whatever it is, without uh, playing a game leading into their first best of three. If if I'm thinking, if I'm the coach, you can't just rest your guys and just hope they can go from zero to 60 for the first round of the playoffs. If anything, you might see them play a half or maybe, you know, 50, rotate. 60 minutes. Yeah, and then rotate, rotate out uh, fairly quickly, but... I don't think they're going to just sit by and, and you know, write off decision day. I, I think the con with that is, and to push back on your argument a little bit, you run the risk of your stars getting hurt. I mean, if Acosta gets hurt on decision day, that's a disaster for Cincinnati, right? Or Bipensta or some of their other players, you know, their top guys. So you run that risk of something happening to them. Um, but I mean, you always run that risk, right? I mean, it could happen to Acosta uh, in their next match. So I think Pat Nuna is going to try to strike the balance. Like you said, Tommy, they, they may rotate to yeah, let your stars play a half and then let the younger guys play uh, just so they're fresh and ready to go for this playoff run. So that's the balance that he'll have to strike, but that's kind of the con behind it, you know. They'll have clinched everything by then. You don't want your player getting hurt in a meaningless game. So I can see Noonan maybe resting some players for that particular reason alone. But at the same time, yeah, you don't want the guys rusted just sitting around waiting for a match to happen. You you so. also have to take into account what the players want, right? Because, like, Acosta, he's one – he's going to tell – Pat Noonan, no, I'm playing <laughs> this match because that's just how he is. And also, one other thing to consider, if it's still a draw for the Golden Boot Race come Cincinnati day, come decision day, there's no way Yakamakis or Lucho Acosta are going to be okay with not playing because yeah. it's going to be one of them, I'm sure. So there's a lot of factors in it, but I mean, I do agree. Like, it's... It's kind of a flip of the coin, but I think, yeah, I don't think you want to give them that much time off. You go back to what happened with New England recently in the playoffs and, you know, just doing so well and then crapping out because they had so much time off. But, yeah, you don't want to get them injured. And now, granted, they don't have a ton of players that are going on international duty either before that. So a half, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know, especially considering you're already going to have everything clinched. Omar's talking about the, the, the golden boot and, and uh, penalties. My joke was going to be, unless Mukhtar gets like seven PKs before decision day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to spend too much time on like playoffs. I mean, I know we got other places to go, but 
Yeah, I'm but just we can dream. Yeah, <laughs> we can dream. We can dream. No, but dream. um, no, I just want to kind of throw this out there because and run down the teams that are uh, in the playoffs right now. Uh, that seventh spot is still seven, eight, nine is still wide open. Uh, but one through six are clinched, or six teams have clinched. Uh, they have not clinched um, their particular spots. Maybe Cincinnati, they've all been clinched. But Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati's going to be a tough out. Orlando has gotten hot, so they're in a good way right now. Columbus playing really well under Lufernancy. He's done a terrific job in his first year up there. Philadelphia, you've proven you can beat Philadelphia. Um, now you got to do it on the road. New England is just a lot going on. So that's a that wild be, card. Yeah, there was one. <laughs> that could, that could be an upset. Uh, three six, um, and then Nashville, they're kind of treading water. I mean, they won the other day, so but they haven't really put all the pieces together. I think Leaks Cup just took a lot out of them. So I mean, it's wide open. I mean, except maybe Philly, but. I mean, it's it's anyone's to lose at this point. I feel like I'll, if it gets to that, you just maybe just gotta hope it, since he gets knocked out and gives yourself half a chance to get through. Imagine now the West. Columbus. Now the Sorry. West. I'm not even gonna bother <laughs> because it's just so wide open. Well, yeah. I say Columbus. Think think if you got Columbus right. Like think if you play Columbus, Nagby, Gressel. Oof. That'd be a yeah. crazy, crazy environment for at least one of the home games. Oh yeah, or even just as they got later, as as you move on in the playoffs, it's like you're playing the the ghost of Atlanta past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Tata Martino in the, the technical area for that one. Well, it, look, look what happened last time Tata Martino was in the technical area against mm-hmm. Atlanta. They lost well. right by a lot, big time. They did big time. See, I'm not trying to talk too much crap right now because there's still a lot yeah. of talking to be played. But <laughs> oh, um, definitely. Um, so let's get to like the awards. I mean, we we're talking a little bit about that earlier. So Yakimakis is tied for the Golden Boot lead. Um, Almada is still maybe in the MVP hunt. I feel like Kakatsu is going to win it. I feel like he's the front runner right now. But I, I kind of want to focus on MVP because it's more all around. And I was just thinking, you know, what's the argument? Is MVP, when you look for the MVP, is not necessarily the best player of the best team, which would be Luciano Acosta, no doubt about it. Um, so it's not necessarily that. It's the most valuable player who is more valuable to his team's success. And... I feel like it could still be Acosta, still could be Lucho, because I feel like without him, Cincinnati are maybe not winning the Shield. I mean, they're still in the playoffs, um, but maybe not winning the Shield. But you got to look at Almada and just how much he's meant to this team. I feel like sometimes he, and we've mentioned this before, he can put too much on himself and kind of be a non-factor at times. He can get marked out. He can make a decision that's not the best and he he's, he doesn't show it in a negative way but i feel like a lot of times he's not taking the match by the scruff of the neck you know and it's tough to be critical of tiago because he's so good but he's still he's still young and i'd hope 
you know, next year he'll be much improved in the area if he comes back next year. But I feel like Acosta is the one to beat right now, depending on what this next stretch of matches looks like. Um, Tiago could still make a push, but I feel like Lucho is it right now. I mean, what do you guys think? Are you on board with that? You disagree? Think Almada can sneak up or? Depends. Tommy, you go ahead. I'm, I got, I'm checking something. I'm curious. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We'll see if it's the same thing I was looking He's up to. I, was, I, I think that there's a chance. I, he, he's the dark horse in this, and I think that he could. I think he's second currently in there, but he's got to have a good last three games. And you're set up. He's set up to, to have that, right? Like you're, you're facing two teams right below you to get home field. I mean, also, I mean, I know Cincinnati's ahead of you, but you're not catching up to them. But if you can have some some monster games here, and if Atlanta can continue doing what they've been doing, uh, basically since the the transfer window ended, and that score a lot of goals, be flashy. If they could play like they they just did uh, in the last two home games, I think he has an absolute opportunity to do that. If they slow down, and you know they they play their usual Atlanta United road games i don't think he's he's really got an opportunity but if they can continue playing like they have in the last you know two games in 20 minutes he can definitely sneak up in there and then you're setting yourself up decision day it it, like you said tyler costa's gonna play amada's probably gonna play like now now this is it this is this is the game right amada is gonna play Guaranteed. Yeah, like it's it's these two guys, right, playing against each other, and if Amada could show off in in that game, that's that's what the voters are going to remember is that last game and Amada getting it because any MVP award usually most MVP awards are, are pretty dumb, like in a, in a lot of leagues. Like sometimes it's just it, it's the, usually the flashiest player uh, that gets it. Like in the NFL, it's usually always the quarterback, right? That that gets that position. I think voters are going to remember that last game, and whoever can really show it in that in that final game, they'll get it. Yeah, and I mean, if you also look at probably the media coverage that the two have received, and I know we haven't even really mentioned Mukhtar a lot, whatever. Um, but <laughs> you know, Almada has the benefit of having won the World Cup, right? Which is that's going to carry you a long way. But again, it's MVP of the league. It's not MVP of, you know, the world. The world. <laughs> so, um, but, you, you know, you brought up an interesting point, Tommy, as well. Like the NFL, your MVPs most of the time are going to be quarterbacks, you know, maybe running back, maybe receiver, whatever. It's always an attacking player, right? MVP. Um, the majority of MVPs in MLS have been attacking midfielders or strikers. That's That's what you have. That's typically what you've got. And in this case, the top three, Attacking midfielder, attacking midfielder, and center forward, a.k.a. striker. Um, the last time that a non-attacking player, and this is including midfield, won the MVP in MLS. You want to know when it was? Got to be a keeper, right? Is it a keeper? It was a keeper. I'll give you that, yeah. How long which, ago do you think? Which team? Well, that'll give that'll give too much away. Stephen Fry? No, but that's a good shout, though. Tommy, what um, year? Uh, 
96 onward. So just pick, pick a year. What you Who was RSL's keeper when they won the MLS Cup? Or no, the uh, MLS Cup. I don't know, but it wasn't. That one year. So it was the year. <laughs> it was Y2K. Oh, gosh. And it was the Kansas City Wizards. It oh, was gosh. Tony Mayola. Tony Mayola. Yeah, and he was other other finalist was Clint Mathis. That's all you're going to say. Um, Mayola must have had a heck of a season. I know. Year. I want to go and look and Gosh. see what he did that season because for a goalkeeper to win that is wild. 16 clean sheets. I'm just pulling you up this article on Wikipedia. 16 clean sheets. Uh, he started the first half in goal in the 20 or 2000 MLS All Star game and he played part of the second half as Ford. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so, but I say all that to say. Hard. Um, just, it was kind of to a point, but you've got Hanny Mukhtar, right? Who every one of these teams really like the MVP in their particular team is in the MVP race because the team would not be as good without them. <clears throat> Nashville doesn't score goals really without Hanny Mukhtar, but their defense is what keeps them alive, right? Like they, they have really a good defense to fall back on. Um, Cincinnati is or has been a much more well-rounded team. Atlanta has struggled, but Tiago Almada has been the big player that has stepped up in moments that nobody else has. Henny Mukhtar is a striker. You get him the ball, he's supposed to score goals, but your defense is doing the thing, right? Luciano Costa, he's a great attacking midfielder, but they have other options. There were times when Atlanta was in the dumps and Almada would come through with something. And to me, that's the definition of an MVP. And then now that you've got these other players or the talents around him, they're doing so much more. He's doing so much more. He has freedom to operate. Um, I don't know. I think it's still a tough race. I think he's, he's a close second if he's second. I think the sex appeal of Atlanta could play a factor. I mean, right. Cincinnati <laughs> is a... I mean, it's a mid-market team, right? But it's really Rex Rich's kind of story. I mean, they were awful the first few years in MLS. Here's just terrible. And now, you know, they're a step away from winning the supporter shield. That's incredible. And Acosta, like I said, has been a major part of that. That being said, when you look at, again, like the sex appeal, the big market, the big money spenders, Atlanta's certainly in that box for sure and they get a lot of the headlines a lot of the conversations okay atlanta united i mean fc cincinnati doesn't have that sex appeal i guess uh for lack of a better phrase so i, I feel mean, like that, yeah, it's a pretty good phrase man you said it yeah. like six times already. <laughs> no, no. <You> roll? <laughs> no but i think that might influence the voters to an extent yeah that you may see tiago get more votes than he normally would that if he were playing for maybe a RSL or a Sporting Kansas City, which is a you know a club that's been around for a while, granted, or a, I don't know, Colorado Rapids or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I said RSL already. But oh, yeah. yeah, I mean that might swing the voters to an extent. But yeah, for me I think it's Lucho for sure at this point. And also or, to, to your point, I mean, you have, again, the World Cup, which we mentioned already, but everybody loves 
the comeback story, right? And knock on wood, if that's what happens with Atlanta this season, the end of this season, I mean, all the media coverage is going to be on Atlanta. Like Cincinnati, cool, you won the Supporter Shield. But to have the team, and I, I mean, how many times did I say it up until the summer transfer window? I kept calling it the one wild card that could change everything. And for Atlanta, it has. It, it really has. Second best, I mean, whatever. I, I still think it's the best, but you can't argue with Messi. Second best transfer window in the summer, for sure. When he and, plays. Yeah, exactly. He's got to play, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I just think, like, you've got a lot going for you if you're Amada and that MVP race, for sure. Yeah, I mean... I mean... What do you think, hmm? Tommy? You look pensive. Oh no, I, I just looking through the, this this whole Miami thing and the drama that's that's all going on 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 the X. People the are, X. are falling I, apart. I'll never I'll never get used to calling um, Twitter X. It just feels nope. weird. Um, that's kind of put a bow on this. Um, Dan saying in the chat, the argument for Lucha over Almada is that. Cincinnati has only scored 50 goals while Lent has 61, so Lucho is involved in 50% of their goals. Tommy Bomb! I got cut off. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then he had another point talking about Lucho only has 25 goals and this is combined. 25 goal contributions to Amada's 26 golf contributions, MVP solved. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But, you know, when you look at just the overall body of work and where Cincinnati is, I think Lucho gets it. So, now, about another major award is the Golden Boot. And we joke about penalties, and it is what it is, right? Penalties are included. It's like that in other leagues. But can Yakumakis get it and it sounds like part of the concerted effort for a lady united is to help yako get it and that's what greg is was saying in the locker room uh, not only in the locker room but on mls 360 he was like look we're gonna try to get him the golden boot this season and <laughs> i still can't go over that chip he had a sirwa on that saturday was, you Terrific. know it's crazy you look at the the shot chart from that match and you don't realize how far out that chip was it was i mean it was outside the box when he took that shot it was you know it just seems like it's so close because it's a chip right that was a goal that was a that was a good freaking goal so anyway carry on yeah right. the level of no no you're good no like the level of difficulty I mean, it looks easy doesn't it from where we sit but just the timing the audacity and all of that has to all fall to place for that to, you know, come together. So, it was just just a terrific goal there. But one thing that Gazan was talking about is Gazan or Yakumakis can just score in many different ways. He can score those chips. He can start right in the box. He can score. I mean, we haven't seen him score bangers, anything like that. Um, it's a bit of a poacher when he needs to be. Kind of that. Fox in the box kind of player. You can pop up and knock a goal in off a rebound. So he's just so creative in the ways that he can score and how he can affect the match. Just his physicality, I think, 
we've talked about this numerous times. That's what sets him apart from Joseph, just like his sheer phys- physicality, his build, his strength. And I think the big question is, I think he's much better off than he was when he came here, but, you know, his health, his fitness, can he stay fit? And I think Knock on does, everything. Least, yeah. <laughs> no, I I think if he does, Atlanta's you know, definitely going to be a tough out in playoffs. And like I said, I think his fitness has become better because he's had some breaks. He's had some times to kind of chill out and get healthy and get his leg right. So, yeah, I think he's going to be probably, your, you know, I'm simplifying your second best player in the playoffs. I mean, Almada first, but Yako second. Um, I think he does get golden boot. I really do. I really do. It's going to come down probably to the wire. It's going to come down to the decision day. We talked about it. That's another reason to play Costa you know, is for that golden boot. But the question there will be, will Noonan value individual um, achievements over the team, you know, staying healthy going into the postseason. So I think that's the big question. But I think Yakimakis, I feel like he sneaks in there because the team knows that as they have a lot to play for yet, you know, want to get him even more involved. And I think that's what will make them super dangerous going down the stretch. Yeah. I Maybe him not winning the award will send him into super crazy playoff mode. You know, individual awards. I, I know the players like the individual awards, but they they want to win championships. So um, just like how we didn't, you know, win the supporter shield. Right. And what happened? Every Atlanta United player on that team said, if we wouldn't have lost, if we would have, if we would have won on decision day, we probably wouldn't have won MLS cup. Right. Like that was the quote that we've heard from multiple people is that that loss took away supporter shield from Atlanta United, set them into a whole new world and they changed how they played and it changed their mentality and they went on to win a championship. If he doesn't get it, maybe that, that turns him in, in into uh, a little bit more motivated to push harder in the playoffs because that guy, he, he just like, just like Joseph, one of the big comparisons is that they both wear their heart on their sleeve uh, for good and for bad. And, you know, the bad for Yakamakis is when he struggles. Let's go back yeah. to that Cincinnati game. He was a red card waiting to happen. Elbows, pushes. Um, I mean, just losing the game. Like, he, he just shouldn't have been out there because he just he, he wasn't there to play. He was just there to just beat some Cincinnati. You know what? And I don't know. I... I Individual words are cool, but I think these, uh, they really want to win this. And I, I think that teams now this year, and, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but you, you look at what Miami and potentially what Miami can continue to build in this roster build um, over the winter. I think a lot of these teams are saying, we got to win this now. We got to win it this year um, because, you know, they're, they're only going to get stronger. If these rules change, they're going to get better. These guys that are beat, uh, these older guys, they're going to get some rest. They haven't got some rest in a long time. They work really hard to win uh, League's Cup. They're going to come back rested, and they're going to come back hard. 
What does playoff Yako look like, though? <laughs> I wonder. What well, does playoff Almada look like? <laughs> you know, Almada. That's a that's that's a good question. But Yako, here's the thing about Yako. Um, and Sydney, you know, you've been down there with me in the locker room and everything. But if you guys don't know this already, Yako, he is not a happy guy when he doesn't score goals. It's that simple. He, and I think that's like yeah. why he's so good because. He he will find a way. I always go back to that very first game when he was offside like 16 times, whatever it was. But it was just like he he needed to have that goal, and he's going to fight for it, and he's going to make it happen. He's going to wheel that ball into the back of the net somehow or another. Um, I think it's always easy for a guy in his situation who you've been playing essentially 18, I mean longer than that now, almost two years straight, Um to get a little fatigued and just be like, all right, man, we make it through the end of the season, whatever happens happens. And then I can get rest and get a full strong season next year. But he hasn't done that. He has come out every single match, even the ones that he didn't score in and really, really tried to make a difference. And, you know, sometimes it's a little violent more so than maybe it should be, but he, he's going to show that passion all the time. It was actually cool. I was watching um, a documentary that just came out about Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, the club from Ukraine and everything going on with Ukraine and Russia and all that. And their Champions League run. Huh? Wax tap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they, you know, they um, were showing footage from this this most recent Champions League and they played Celtic, right? So they're showing footage from when uh, Celtic was playing. And Yaka was the one that scored the goal in Champions League against them. um, And it ended up being a draw after after 90 minutes but it was kind of cool to see him and see you know another league and another announcer calling everything you know but seeing that same kind of passion that you get out of Atlanta he hasn't lost it he's going for his third golden boot in three different leagues and that's a lot of motivation so um between that like just seeing how he plays seeing him in the locker room um Got to give a shout out to my my youngest son. He loves him, so he's going to win the golden boot just because of that. I'm calling it now. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's going to happen. Also, birthday boy the other day called four one. So Tommy, he's tied with you. There you go. And me. Oh no, you're at two. Sorry, he's tied with me. I guess he got it right. Like, like father, like son. Yeah, both losing to Tommy. All right, we'll be there. Look, it's going to be like Atlanta. We're going to come in late. Wait till we get to predictions next week. <laughs> I I would love to see how many players in world football have won golden golden boots in three separate leagues um, over the past what twenty five years. I mean, it sure has been done, but I mean that's hard to do because you have to adjust to. And by the way, Adolfo asking about Ash Postagulu. Yes, he was the coach at Celtic when. Gigi was there when Yaka was there. So for those of you Spurs fans who are watching, listening, yes, the name is certainly familiar. Um, but yeah, I have to look back to see how many players won a golden boot in three separate leagues. I'm sure it's been done, but I just wonder whether it's been done in the past, how many times this has been done in the past 25 years and what names are on that list. There'll probably be some obscure 
name that we don't know. Yeah, because you've got a lot that have, have won multiples, but in the same league. Yeah. Or, or maybe two leagues. And, and it's tough because you have to adjust to Yakumakis. He was coming from Greece to the Netherlands, which is a totally different country, a totally different play style. And he was in a relegation battle. He won one there. Went to Celtic, who are like one of two clubs in the Scottish Premiership. He won it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now he's in Atlanta and is on the verge of doing it here. So it's just so tough because it's three different leagues. MLS is has more parity than those other two leagues. Uh, certainly the Scottish League, for sure. So there's a lot more parity. There's a lot more chances of a team that you don't really expect winning MLS Cup. And there's a lot of different playing style, new country, new customs to get used to. So credit to him for settling in and making an impact right away. In 2024, all bets are off for this guy, right? I mean, he could score 20, 25 goals easily. And he came on. And he said, look, I, I welcome the pressure. I want the pressure. I know I'm taking on Joseph Martinez's number, which is an all-time number for Atlanta United. I did the same thing at Celtic. So he he welcomed the pressure, and he knew that the spotlight was going to be on him. And if he misstepped or got it wrong, people are going to be asking, oh, what about Joseph Martinez? Or this guy is like, no, Joseph. And he is no Joseph West in a, in a good way because he has so many qualities that Joseph doesn't have. And it certainly works to his advantage. And he really is on the verge of Golden Boot. And I hope he gets it. I think he will because yep. Atlanta United are going to be you know, very desperate to get into that top four. So that really helps him. And really quick, too, just to kind of lay it out for everybody as well. Um, right now, the Golden Boot. So, unfortunately, yeah, the penalties, that's part of it. You, 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 there's still goals. It is what it is. Uh, I wish that were a different tiebreaker, but it's not. The tiebreaker is assists, which means right now you've, you're you essentially looking at Acosta, Mukhtar, and then Yakamakis. But it only takes one to be above. That's that's At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Just go score more goals than everybody else, and you're in. So that's how that's decided. Um, I don't see it going any farther than that, but – um, Sam asking also who decides the MVP. Can y'all explain that process really quickly? Um, it's, it's actually just, it's a poll that's taken by players, technical staff and media. So, um, it's, it's a little bit of a popularity contest if we're being honest. We'll see. I have an award yep. I want to talk about. What? Isn't there a, like a general manager? Of the year award, or is it is it front office yes. or something? Executive of the year, I that believe. That would be yes. it. Now, you know who's um, going to get that. You know who's going to get that. Like, Miami is going to win. Yeah. However, <laughs> could you make a case? I'm going to get canceled just for saying this. No, you're not. Uh, yeah. Oh, let's go. Can you make a case that Carlos and Garth Lagerway... Whichever one you want to choose, you want a team that you want to put them up as as a tag team. That's that's fine. Could you put them as even a top three runner up? I say, yeah, I was gonna say um, 
if you thought behind Henderson and Miami, I was going to say, if you put them behind Henderson, it's probably not the case. I'd probably say Henderson, Albright, and then Boca slash Garth at this point. Ooh. I think it depends that's on just, what happens. That's just, that's just me. That's just me. I think it depends what on what happens. happens? In, in terms of like get like the the way that the season ends and the way everything kind of plays out ultimately, um, I don't think it's. I mean, Miami's always going to get it right. Like that's just, I think that's what's so frustrating about it. Not because it's like a bad thing. He, David Beckham did what he was supposed to do, right? He brought in the right guys. Who brought in the right guys? But I mean, Top I don't three. know of another team that is more night and day than Atlanta is right now. And that's from last season the front office. So it's, it's a good shout. Sydney. Definitely. I mean, yeah, you throw out some good names too, but yeah, I mean, right. Miami's going to win it. Henderson's Chris Henderson's going to win it. Um, but if you look at what Chris Albright has done in Cincinnati, just his, the way he's built the roster, the players he's brought in of the streaks, he's pulled behind the scenes. If for some reason <laughs> Miami doesn't win it, Chris Henderson down Miami doesn't win it. Chris Albright certainly will. Um, but no, I, I definitely agree. Like, if you look at Atlanta before the winter or before the window and after the window, like you said, Tyler, it's night and day. See, but I could see so, like to what you're saying, I could see Pat Noonan winning coach of the year for oh, that 100%. reason. Either no, either him or Carnell in yeah, St. Louis. But I think with Cincinnati, I don't I mean, yes, the front office hundred percent they hit the right moves, but like they're player turnover has not been that drastic compared to some other teams. You know, like they just started playing the right kind of soccer. They made one or two changes here and there and, and got it right. But as far as like a full on roster overhaul, like I just don't know that since he's up there, I think Pat Noonan deserves a lot of that credit personally, but I don't know. It'll be interesting. Philly North, right? <laughs> they took uh, <laughs> the assistant coach in Philadelphia and the assistant GM in Philadelphia. And they've kind of built like a strong kind of bond. So, <laughs> so it's Philadelphia North. Um, what do you think, Tommy? I, 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 I know what you guys are talking about, and and I never expected Garth or Boca or Combo to to, to win it. But to think about where we were, and I mean, we I was. I, I was talking about it on, on Saturday with some friends. Like, look at the roster of what we had last year. You 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 bring in Yakamakis, you know, Etienne, obviously a, a black mark on this 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 whole transfer window, right? Like, that just did not work out. Um, that didn't work out. But then, you know, everybody was like, oh, Ibarra's gone. We were. We freaked out, too. We lost Ibarra. Gutman's out. But obviously, things were, things were moving. They said things were going to happen. But now look, you've got Saba, Jande, Miamba. I mean, Saba with three goals, three assists. Uh, Jande with two goals, three assists. Uh, Miamba just completely changing how we play. I mean, he him himself, just without these two, this team was night and day. And then you add in two wingers that are able to to score. This team has this team went from being a team that was going to get obviously knocked out in the first round, probably swept to potentially moving on and, and going on. So I, I I've, you, you really can't come like, I, I understand and when we, when we have freaked out, when everyone is freaked out about some of these, these moves, 
that have that have happened and like at the time because you don't know what else is coming right and that's what Boca said wait until the end of the transfer window we will now we look at this and we see what the product is I mean we're, we're playing the type of soccer that the fans wanted um that makes them an entertaining team and they're winning like and this is only this is really only step two step two of you know how you know more transfer windows to come we're 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 different we're better and we're a hell of a lot of fun to watch so give credit where credit's due dan brings up a good point mascara came back in the summer too and you know i kind of put mascara down on the list of unsung heroes uh, along with hasetu wyland wolf i think hasetu is the big one right because we talked about William Ba, how he's just elevated the midfield. Um, Hasetu has been a much better player in that partnership. And anytime your midfield partner can elevate your level of play is massive. Now, does that mean they don't need to replace that position in the offseason? Probably not. But I feel like um, Hasetu now versus Hasetu toward the middle of the season where he just struggled for form is a lot better. I mean, is he the total package? No. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. He's making a lot of money, too. And he's certainly expendable. <laughs> I'm talking you shaking your head, yes. Um, as expected. You no, know how but, I feel. Yeah, I know, how you, I know how you feel. But, yeah, I, that's a piece of the puzzle that Lee United will look to fill um, in the offseason. Um, Wiley, we've talked about him. Just a terrific season he's had. Wolf, he's popped up. When he's been called about, it's been really good. Mascara scoring on Saturday, well, well taking goal on Saturday. Just a spark plug of a player that a lot of people were down on. Um, I didn't mention, um, we haven't mentioned Lennon, who's having a career season. And Doug had an interview with him you know, where he reaffirmed his desire to play the World Cup. So Lennon is another player. So it's just it's just all coming together. Yeah, and people complained about the the increase of of uh, Lennon's contract, right? Like he got a raise. Like we found out when they they re-upped him, he he got a raise. But uh, Lennon knew what they wanted to do. They knew that Lennon would be a big part. He's on the field almost every single game, besides that freak injury. Uh, you know, having durable players is just as important. He's very durable and. I still think that he's, you know, one of the options for, you know, a potential captain when Brad leaves. Yeah, man, it's so crazy because like we could literally do a full episode about just the way that this team has changed both the catalysts behind it changing, which has been the newcomers a lot. They've given Almada space. They've given Yakamakis the ability to do what he wants to do. They're scoring goals providing assists. You've had six goals, six assists, I think is the number, from the newcomers just since the summer transfer window. That's crazy. Um, I mean, so they, they've definitely been the catalyst to help make the guys that have been here that are playing, the starters, look better. Lennon has been low-key having the best season of his career already, but now that he's been able to work with somebody on that right-hand side that gets him, two people really. I mean, he's actually working really well with Mosquera. And then of course, when Saba's over there, like they look like they know what each other wants to do. So I don't want to play like the what if game, but what if 
you had these players in the beginning of the season, where would Atlanta be at right now? Oh, yeah. I, and I think it, it's exciting to think about because next year it's going to be crazy. And then like I saw Zilf bringing up in the, uh, in the chat, can we talk about the linen like pseudo midfielder role? I, I hit on that because that is really, really important to why this team is playing the way that they're playing right now. You have a back four, right? You have a back four, you have two center backs, two wing backs. You have Wiley and Lennon on, on the opposite sides. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the team now has the chemistry to allow Brooks Lennon to float literally up into the left side top of the box from the right back position and score a goal. Yeah. Yeah. And you've still got Miles Robinson, Louisa Brom, and Caleb Wiley back there as a center back when he does that is it's beautiful to see the way that the boat kind of shifts left and right. And you have to give Pineda credit for that. You know, I know that we've, we've all talked about different things about our feelings on Pineda or whatever, but like that's, that's outstanding use of what you have because Lennon loves to run. He can run forever. So why not take advantage of a guy that can do all of that, get him into positions and just be an extra body in the box that at worst case scenario opens up your real goal scoring threats. So there's just so many little things. You couldn't do that if you didn't have Mayumba on the field. You're just not happening because Mayumba covers so much ground. Um, and yeah, Zilf saying, easy, we're competing for the supporter shield if we have these players when we start the season. Absolutely. And that's I don't think that's a like a subjective thing. Like that is pretty consistent with everything else that you if you look at the numbers, how many points Atlanta would have had they just not give up given up late leads or draws in the final 10 or 15 minutes you'd be you'd be leaps and bounds above where cincinnati's at right now so it's all coming together in a good way and it's fun to watch and it's amazing what a handful of players can do to the overall dna of a team so get this lennon has played 90 minutes in all 30 matches he has appeared in uh the only time he did not was against Chicago. He didn't play against Chicago. Um, but the only time he did not outside of that was in the U.S. Open Cup. He played 58 minutes. Outside of that, he said 30 starts in MLS. He has played every single minute, every single match of those 30 starts. Uh, 2,700 minutes played, which is 200 more than Almada for the team lead. Um, I'm trying to f- see... How that ranks at MLS minutes played? Uh, give me one second. I'm just that's a lot of right running. Now. No, that is a lot of running. I love to see like the number of miles he has run in a given. Well, he ran year. over seven in the last game, and then I'm but the game God before that, Mayumba was close to seven and a half. Um, Good night. It's crazy. Um, so he is one, two, three, four, tied for fifth in minutes. Of 2,700. Only Roman Berkey, keeper in Seattle, Espinosa, Rodriguez, and Saint, San Jose, and Ebobise have more minutes. But then San Latino, Corona, who are keepers, Stuver, who are keepers, are all tied with Lennon for most minute for that 2,700 minutes played. So tied for fifth. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he is probably, again, a career season for him and he's proven just terrific value for a Lenny United. And if I'm Greg Berhalter, 
give them a shout in October. Yeah, these are friendlies. Let them come mm. up, and you don't you don't make so tower. Don't make them selfish. I'm selfish. <laughs> I'm selfish. Yeah, no, but I mean, at, at least for an, a cameo appearance, or just to have him part tour of the, the facilities. Um, tour the facilities. Yeah, essentially, tour the facilities. Just bring him in uh, to trade for the, at the very least. I mean, granted, Germany they're playing in East Hartford, East Hartford on the 14th, and Ghana and. Nashville, October seventeenth. So there won't be easy matches, but I mean, bring them up, get them some time with the national team. I mean, it won't hurt. I mean, he's not going to start, but maybe give him five ten minutes against Ghana. Don't play him against Germany. <laughs> no, certainly not. No. <laughs> so. And and I think with with Lennon, I think one of the things that really excited me was he had like one of his best games when U.S. soccer was there touring the, touring the bins and doing the whole announcement for the Atlanta U.S. soccer stuff. Really, really cool. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just slightly distracted because freaking Philly just scored. Can I? A little irritated. Can I throw this out real quick too? And this is going back to front office. And we can visit this in a later show. With U.S. soccer moving to Atlanta soon, do you feel that they give Book and Debra a call? Yeah. I mean, I think I think the options there. Now, whether or not it happens, I don't know. But I mean, if I were Book and Agra, and all of a sudden U.S. Soccer just landed in my backyard, I would definitely be yeah. interested. You know. I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm not not saying it will will happen either. So it's possible. I mean, it, it's. I, I could definitely see it, and this is kind of going off topic, but kind of going back to the previous topic. But yeah, just just kind of leaving it out there. I mean, just floating it out there. Put it in the universe. <laughs> not 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 for like, a not for a nefarious reason. No no no. I'm just but I like I, I do think like it's a good shout. And man, Tommy, you you said it. You you might get canceled. Um. I might get canceled too. But I actually really, really like the way that Boca and Garth have been in tandem. I yeah, think the book out crowd. The book out crowd has been very quiet over yeah, the past well, few weeks. We'll to, just say that. To be, like, to be fair, um it was never that he couldn't find talent. He found plenty of talent and convinced them to come here. But I think in, in a lot of ways as well, maybe the, the ship just needed a true captain, right? Like somebody to kind of guide him on like, this is what we have to have. This is what we need. It's cool to go find, you know, that guy who has done everything in South America. But hey, let's go look over here in like, you know, League Two in, you know, Normandy and find... <laughs> Duh. And find somebody who Duh. really, really can fit the club and, and the vision that we have for the club. And I, so I think it's a good pairing, and I and I like it. And I don't necessarily want to see him go. Yeah, I, I think it's fair. Uh, you know, maybe all he needed was a scouting department. 
And, you know, maybe he needed analytics. And, you know, I mean, he's it's a combination, right, of, of who's giving you the money. And, you know, we don't know everything that happened in, in, in the background. But like, why weren't they hiring, you know, a, a bunch more scout, a bunch more scouts and analytics and, and all that. And, you know, maybe his maybe his strength is in contracts. Maybe that's not because, I mean, look at some of the some of the players that we've got. They've been OK, but their contracts have been what long extremely long yeah um high uh and you know sorry like maybe garth could have convinced uh jürgen dom to come here but he wouldn't assign him to a 35 year contract with a life <laughs> with life uh a life room at the at the training ground i saw jürgen uh, working out in the training training center the other I, day. <laughs> how could you he's so fast <laughs> uh, but like those are things it's like you know what like some people are good at, at, at something at their job and some things that they're not and you know whether garth or i'm sorry whether boca had experience with negotiating contracts like that much before maybe that was maybe that was just it and remember he had help he had help from other play from you know uh i can't think of their names the guy that got kicked out of mls there for a while oh paul mcdonough uh, yeah, Paul McDonough, yeah. like this team's contracts started going real bad when, when Paul left, right? So that that's maybe he's he just wasn't good at that. And that maybe that's what part of what Garth's strengths are. So I think I think Parzival summed it up. I just gotta throw this out there. This was yeah. a great comment. Darren was the fun uncle that brought you M80s and Warheads candy. Garth is making sure you learn how to save your allowance and listen to Beethoven. I say this in the best possible way. No, no, I get That's it. On. I get it. Um, no, it's true. I mean, we've heard Atlanta United, the conversation, you know, this was a startup, but now this is not a startup anymore. This is an established business and they have to start behaving that way. And I feel like the move to bring in garth was a big step forward and garth is kind of the one who i mean he's fun he's a fun guy but at the same time he's a no bs kind of guy whereas i feel like darren was <laughs> like parts of also the fun uncle i mean not to say darren put it with bs but i feel like he was a lot more lenient and he was what eleni needed for that period of time but not what eleni needed eleni united needed for the future and I feel like, yeah, he he will always have a place in this club. But you know, it, I feel like it was the best move for the club that he went to Newcastle. So that's just kind of my two cents. But yeah, that's an excellent point by Parzival. Um, uh, what you else? Know, you know who we have to thank. We we do have something that we didn't talk about. What the reason why part of the reason why Garth Lagerway is here. The main reason why Atlanta United here is happy first, happy eighty first birthday to Arthur Blank. Yeah. Oh, I forgot this is birthday to that. Happy birthday, Uncle it. Arthur. <laughs> it was all about. True. I mean, he he did he did he did he did all this, and you know, my 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 favorite Arthur moment, real quick, is I think it was the quote when they told him to come down when Atlanta was up three to one at MLS Cup, and he said, I'm not going anywhere because of the Falcons, and he went down on that field very oh, early. Yeah, that when, that when it was 2-0, and it was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or two, yeah, I'm sorry, 2-0. Yeah, I'm thinking yep. of a different game. Yeah, uh, yeah. he, he didn't want to come down. That, that's that's an amazing story, just because he had to watch that. He had to watch that man just sit on, stand on that field and just yeah. watch 
his soul slowly slip away in that game. And we all so good for him to get that championship though. Right. (laughs) Right. Like Atlanta did that for him. Right. Because yeah, I mean that, that just had to be like one of the worst moments of your life, just sitting there and just watching that. So at least he got to see his team that especially his kids, I think love a little bit more than even the Falcons are, you know, that's one of the reasons why I brought him here was because his kids were, were huge soccer fans and, and he got to celebrate that moment with them. So pretty cool. Yeah, really, really quick, because Sydney, I know you're trying to uh, hit on something. This is a quick plug for our website, too, so I'll put it in the chat. But if you haven't watched our interview with Felipe from a couple of weeks ago, he talked about Garth because he's he's been able to talk to Garth a lot. And one of the stories that he mentioned was uh, when Garth first got here, Garth was kind of going through and doing that initial like couple of weeks of, I'm just going to see what y'all are doing before I come in trying to fix stuff which I think is what any good leader should do. And by the end of it, he he essentially came out and was like, y'all are doing too much. Like y'all got too much stuff going on. Like everybody's running around like chickens with their heads cut off and there's too much happening. If this is your job, go do your job and stop trying to do everything because, and and, I mean, that speaks to maybe the work ethic of a ton of the people at Atlanta United because they are, there's a bunch of great people there. Yeah. But for sure, like, don't get yourself overextended. And I think that's what Garth kind of saw that they were trying to do it just way too much. And he told them like, let's take a step back and get everybody where they need to be. And that was step one. That was months ago. And now look where we're at. And I think that's just a small microcosm of what Garth Lagerway is going to do in this time here. hundred percent. And I think Atlanta United a year from now is going to look a lot different than Atlanta United today for the better. For the better. So, yep. yeah, you can catch that interview um, on scarfsandspikes.com. If you're a patron, you can get access to the full interview. But I think that's it. You guys got anything else before we get out of here? Let's go. Get scary um, for a watch along. Uh, Chris from Batter Herons messaged me. He's at the game and he might hop, a, hop on in our watch along. He said, It is wild to see how many Houston messy jerseys he has seen. Uh. I am so happy that I did not see one Atlanta United Messi jersey. Did you? Nope. I did not. Hell I saw yeah. Messi jerseys. I saw, yeah, I saw Messi jerseys, of course, but not Atlanta. Good. Nope. You know, good job, Atlanta. Yep. Yes. You. Got that right. My um, thought is uh, we need to go burn some candles, bust out the sticker, Tommy, the candle. Um, go buy some stickers, by the way, people. And subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe because we're like seven away from six hundred. Um, we're close. And da- look, at, look, I said it, and Dallas scored. Oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> it worked. It worked. Somebody burned something. Scarsandspikes.com. <laughs> Patreon costs us scars and spikes. Like, subscribe, all the fun stuff. We'll be back. What Tuesday? Yep. Twelve minutes. 14 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes. We'll be back in like 5 minutes, right? Yeah, we'll be back soon. We'll be Not back for, for the live watch along, but yeah. Yeah. We'll be back with scarves and spikes on Tuesday. Scarves and spikes proper on Tuesday. But... We got to put our messy jerseys on right now. We got to run. <laughs> messy not playing. All right, heading the music. Let's get out of here. Come get on with us in a minute. Watch this game, guys. Go, Houston. Thanks for watching, listening, all the fun stuff, and we will see you next time. And go Dallas. Tonight, I am a Texan. (laughs) I'm sorry. I mean, it's only for one night.
Yeehaw. I didn't say anything about Yeehaw. cowboy.